All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Clay County Beacon podcast. Today I have with me Mrs. Carol Studdard, who is running for re-election to the Clay County School Board. Ms. Studdard, first of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you're running for re-election. Okay. Well, thank you for um, interviewing me today. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, as you said, my name is Carol Studdard, and I am running for re-election to the Clay County School Board. Um, I have served on the school board for several years, and uh, I had honestly um, considered retiring this year, but the uh, situation came up where we lost our superintendent, we've lost uh, six of our higher level administrators, and, um, there were, and then the coronavirus hit. Uh, there were just a lot of different things that... Uh, after much soul searching and prayer, I decided that this was not the time for me to leave. Um, so I did file and I certainly hope to get reelected. Um, we have lived in Clay County uh, since 1979. Uh, our three daughters are all grown now, but they all went through the public schools here in Clay County. Um, my husband was transferred down here from Atlanta uh, with a division of General Motors. For those 30 years, um, it was an everyday occurrence that uh, new families told me the reason that they moved to Clay County was because of the reputation of our schools. And to be honest with you, in August of 79, that's why we moved here, because of the reputation of the schools and wanting um, neighborhood schools and not uh, have to uh, be bused for miles and miles and miles uh, across uh, Duval County, for instance. Um, I did own my business for 30 years. I sold it in uh, 2010. Uh, I have been a full-time board member of uh, pretty much my whole career um, because even with my business, I could arrange my schedule so that I would never be able to uh, miss board meetings and so forth. And I was an active participant in my daughter's schools. Uh, I guess my start uh, with education in Clay County was uh, back when they had a PTA at Orange Park Elementary. Uh, then over the years, I became involved with uh, chorus parents at Lakeside Junior and Orange Park High. And uh, one thing led to another, the Citizens Advisory Committee on Education. And uh, then uh, the opportunity came for me to run for school board. And uh, I have enjoyed every year I have served on the school board. And uh, over the years, I've been involved in uh, social activities. Years ago, I was named Rotary Citizen of the Year. I've served as president of Quigley House. You have a plethora of experience, and, and that's, uh, that, that's, I think, probably your one claim to fame. Not your one claim to fame, but I think if anybody, you know, the, the thing that people recognize about Carol Studdard, at least in my, you know, few conversations I've had is that uh, Carol Sutter has a, a long track record and history of being part of the school system and, and managing it, you know, to the, to the status that it is today. And we all know where we are today. You know, we're, we're, uh, I believe, are we in a district or we, we were in a school district last year, weren't we? Well, that's, that's one thing I'm very, very proud of is that we are in a district and we are ranked eighth in the state of Florida of our 67 counties. Um, so that is uh, quite an accomplishment. We had uh, had kind of a bad spell a, a few years ago, and uh, 
had uh, under one of the former superintendents, we had dropped to 20th in the uh, state and were a B district. And uh, when Mr. Davis came in, within two years, we were an A district and back up to eighth in the state and and heading upward. So uh, I'm very, very proud of that. And our teachers have done a remarkable job in achieving this. What do you think the main driver was there? Like what what was it that that pushed us or push the, the school district from the rank that it was up higher? Like, what is there anything that I sticks think out in your mind? Well, uh, for one thing, um, we had a, an educator at the HIM who really understood education and, and had walked from the classroom through the principalships and, and through uh, the district office before becoming superintendent. And I think the other thing is, is that uh, um, we were able to create a, a – spirit of uh, unity and family and, uh, you know, our principals and administrators and the uh, teachers and support staff and the board and, and, and uh, the uh, higher level staff down in the district office, we were all working together uh, to achieve the same goal because, face it, we're all there for the kids. That's what it's all about. Right. Yeah, you don't get into teaching or, you know, being an administrator or school board or, or any of the facets of education without having it at some point a heart for children and, and, and that sort of attitude that, yeah, that, you know, an investment in kids is a, is a good idea. Um, so one of the, the things that I see a lot of people talk about and, and, you know, people have a wide range of opinions on all sorts of things. But one of the concerns that uh, that I hear people talk about um, is the district, the school district being competitive in terms of teacher pay and benefits and, and benefits for, you know, the rest of the staff outside of teachers, the support staff, the bus drivers, the, uh, you know, the, the different people that work in the county that make the, the school district run. Um, I know in the most recent school board meeting, uh, I, I forget the gentleman's name, but uh, one of the, the, the folks who has, uh, who's in the union for the uh, support workers was talking about the uh, the pay for That's some Mr. of the Robert. yes 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 thank you for helping me remember Lonnie Robert there you go um you know he's talking about how it, it's hard to retain people sometimes because uh you know the, the what the school district can pay is not what a private enterprise you know uh you know private company can pay how how you know over your years in the school board is that something that has always been an issue or is that something that we're recently running into like you know is it because I, I guess that's the first time I ever thought about what do the support folks make versus what they could make doing the same sorts of things outside of the school district? And, you know, it's been, it's been somewhat of a problem over the years. Uh, but I think when it hit me uh, in the face was a few years ago, uh, we had a bus driver come before us at the board meeting. Uh, she has since retired, uh, but she brought us her pay stub and it was uh a total pay stub of, I want to say, $2.56. And what I found out afterwards in talking to her is she was working in order that her family could would have good health insurance. Uh, she, she took very good health insurance for her and her family, and, and I applaud her for that. But it broke my heart when I saw how little she had cleared right. uh, in her paycheck. But um, we have, uh, you know, tried to rectify that uh, with the bus drivers. We, uh, when Mr. Roberts spoke the other night at the board meeting, uh, it's sad. Uh, it's like he said 
uh, we get people in the door. They like the uh, the hours and they like the work, but then they hear how much we can pay them and they leave to go to an outside uh, business. And um, that is, that's sad. That's a, a, a battle we face. And uh, we certainly, as a board, would like to uh, increase their salaries if at all possible. It seems that we're always in a budget crunch for every year that I've been on the school board. Uh, it seems like the, it's the eternal fight of the budget and uh, trying to divide it up fairly. And, um, of course, insurance costs continue to go up. And, um, you know, the insurance companies, I think they started off this year uh, when they were uh, getting getting it uh, settled. Uh, they started off at 20-odd percent increase. And um, then uh, we finally got it bargained down uh to 5.9% increase, and uh, uh, but people want our medical and retirement benefits, and uh, you know they're really good. But we also need to look at teacher pay and uh, support personnel pay, and uh, I assure you, we're doing the best we can to try to be able to uh, keep good quality employees and not lose them to the outside uh, world. But uh, that's that's something that we have to keep uh, working on. But, you know, when you look at our budget, 80% of our budget is spent on salaries and benefits. That's that's where most of our money goes. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a pickle. I've had a couple conversations about, you know, local government budgets in general. And it's it's not, you know, it's not something that that I envy. It's not a task that I envy when people have to figure out how to no. make do with the money that comes in. And, you know, the, the bane yeah. of everyone's, uh, you know, existence is, are tax increases, right? Like nobody wants to pay more in taxes. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty anti-taxes, right? Um, but you Well, know, it's, it's, I, I uh, think we all are, but we want the uh, benefits of taxes, but, you know, nobody wants to pay them, but, uh, you know, we don't want to pay for a fire and police either. Right. Uh, hopefully none of us ever need it, but we pay taxes so that it's there when we need it. And, um, you know, a lot of people may say, well, I don't have children in school. Why do I pay school taxes? But someone paid the taxes when they were in school. Right. Yeah. So, and I think there's a, there's a lack of understanding. I know there, there was for me up until recently, and I'm not saying I'm an expert by any means, but I think there's a lack of understanding uh, about how the money that comes in how it can be budgeted and the restraints that are on some of the, the revenues that, that local governments receive. Right. Um, because uh, right. It, it's um, not, it's not one big pile of money that can be split to no. wherever you guys think there are, you know, restrictions and laws and all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's a tough job, you know, um, in, in, and I think Josh, yes, ma'am. Uh, so many people, and that's, that's one uh, thing that uh, most people don't seem to understand is, it's not all in one big pot of money, and we just divvy it out. We <clears throat> we have money that must be used on capital projects or must be used uh, in the operations side, and you can't mix these monies up. It's different funds, and uh, the, the education budget uh, is one of the um, most difficult budgets uh, that I have ever seen. Uh, thank goodness we have an excellent assistant superintendent for finance who knows what has to be spent where and uh, and uh, 
gives us direction and guidance, but we have to be very careful because especially with categoricals, it has to be spent on certain things, and uh, right. we, we can't mix the money, so to speak. Now that's a, that raises a question that, that I'm just now thinking of. So if a new school board member is elected, is there anything that, that the district does to um, take new school board members and sort of educate them about how that budgeting process works, or is it sort of up to each individual to <laughs> learn it as they go? Well, um, certainly uh, as a new board member, uh, you want to go down and meet each of the uh, uh, heads of the different departments and and they certainly will spend the time, especially over in finance, and going through and, and kind of giving you the lay of the land. But honestly, it it will take, you know, a year or two to really get a handle on it. And a lot of it, it's uh, by osmosis. You have to soak it up as you go. But uh, they're more than willing to try to talk to people. But it's not up to board members to um, design or set the budget. That's that's what the experts do, but we do have to approve it. Our main job is policy and budget right. and approving it, but uh, we just need to understand it, not in the detail that Dr. Legutko does by any means, but have a good working knowledge of how it works. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. I want to I wanna shift gears a little bit with you. Um, you know, a big buzzword around education today is uh, standardized tests. Um, you know, I know that, uh, the previous superintendent, um, you know, I think, uh, Mr. Davis, one of his, uh, big things was getting rid of, you know, all the standardized tests unless they're absolutely hundred percent necessary and, and mandated to have. Um, I'm curious right. to know what, what is your thought? You, you've, you know, you're the longest tenured school board member in Clay County. What is your thought on standardized tests? Well, I agree. And, and, uh, the board, uh, did agree with, uh, Mr. Davis on trying to get rid of as many tests as we could because, there's, as you well know, there for several years, all we could hear was teach to the test. People are teaching to the test, and it just makes my skin crawl to, to hear that. But, uh, you know, the reality of it is because uh, so much depended on uh, the uh, scores that uh, there was probably a lot of teaching to the test going on. You and I know that. Right. but. You know, they, they, uh, you know, people talk about Common Core and then, uh, what was it, Florida Standards, and now they're calling it uh, the uh, best standards, benchmarks for excellent student thinking. Right. Uh, you know, they they call it and put a little lipstick on it and uh, change it, tweak it a little bit, but uh, I am not for teaching to the test, and I, I, I do not believe in over-testing these kids. It puts them... It puts too much strain on our students. Um, and they need to be tested. We need to know where they are, but you can overdo anything. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you start to test for the sake of testing, and and, and I think any test, and really this is any any program or, or tool in a teacher's tool belt like that's mandated by someone above them, either state or right. local, whatever, you should look be able to look at it and say, we're doing this, and yes, we understand it causes X, Y, and Z, you know, stress yeah. in the system, but we're getting benefit in a material way, you know, from whatever that test True. provides. And if it doesn't, True. I think my sort of stance on it is if, if you can look at a standardized test and the only data that it provides is for, you know, politicians at the state level to bicker back and forth about how to fund education, <laughs> then it's not really helping yep. the students at all. You know what I mean? Like I mean, no. funding helps students, obviously, if it's allocated the right way, but it, there's no direct correlation to some of these tests, in my opinion, 
and, and the benefit they provide to the kids. Because the goal should yeah. be, if we have a government school system, to, to prepare kids for whatever their next step is, uh, in my opinion, right? If they want to go to college, yeah. they should be prepared to do that. If they want to open a business, they should be prepared yeah. to do that, whatever the case is. Um, yeah. You know, teachers, a lot of, uh, many students learn in different ways. And the teacher in the classroom knows the most effective way uh, to reach different students who learn in different ways. And I think, you know, the teachers just want the freedom to not feel like, you know, someone is standing over their back saying, you must do this, you must do that. Uh, We've got to give some credence to the teacher's opinions and techniques and um, uh, certainly with all this distance learning that we've had to do since COVID uh, came about, um, we have seen, I have been completely amazed at how our teachers stepped up to the plate and got the job done as well as I'm sure any county in the state of Florida. Uh, I'm extremely proud of how uh, Mr. Broski stepped in as interim and and um, faced this right away and, and how well it has been handled. Uh, you know, it's not perfect. I must prefer the kids being in the classroom as the teachers do, but we did the best we could under very trying circumstances. And uh, I think Clay County should be commended how uh, they all pulled together and, and we did get through this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. You know, I'm not one that's afraid to give critique where critique is needed. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people know my opinions on all sorts of different things that have happened in, in the county, both in the school district and otherwise. But I got to tell you, the way that the school district was able to pivot from literally everyone going home on a Friday thinking that they're coming yeah. in on Monday to then in two weeks, mm-hmm. everything being done online. I, I got to tell you, you know, it was an amazing thing to see, like just the, uh, the way that it was handled and you know, it's not perfect, but nothing's ever perfect. Right. Like the in, in classroom well, stuff isn't perfect because you're dealing with human beings, yeah. you know, but I, I just, and think, I'll never say that I'll never say we're perfect or that I'm perfect. There's nobody perfect walking around on this earth, but, um, we did remarkably well. And, uh, uh, I think, um, I've never been more proud of uh, school district than I am of how we have wandered through this. And in fact, uh, as we speak, we're still waiting, you know, for the governor to and Tallahassee to determine uh, what is opening up school going to look like this fall. Yeah. You know, we are waiting with bated breath for some kind of word. We are trying to make plans A, B, C, D, just in. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? We don't know right now if our students will be in person, distance, half and half, split. We don't we don't know. And uh, Dr. Gutko with the budget, uh, she's, you know, start we start a new budget year, July 1, and uh, we don't really know exactly what we're working with yet for next year. So we just have to be very conservative right now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild time to be alive, much less in charge of a hundred million, you know, a organization Listen, that has hundreds I, of millions of dollars, you know, like it's the governor has oh, to sign the budget and I don't, I don't understand, you know, I don't understand what the holdup is myself, but you know, well, we're just waiting and uh, you know, nobody knows exactly with COVID um, you know, we're just taking one day at a time. I am thankful. I mean, I hate, it broke my heart that, our seniors weren't able to, um, you know, have their proms and their normal graduation time. But I am thankful that we are trying to uh, have a graduation in each 
high school football field on July 17th, and I'm hoping that uh, it won't rain that night and that everything will go smoothly. Uh, but uh, it, the drive-through uh, graduations that they had at the different schools was quite nice, and I think the uh, students appreciated that. But um, it, it, it's heartbreaking that they missed, you know, all those fun times at the end of your senior year. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's a it's a crazy time. I can't think of anything quite like it in the history of me either. At least as long as I've been alive, <laughs> and, you know? and I've been on the board a few years, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, and and you know, it's uh, yeah, I, I I can't imagine putting myself in the shoes of some of those seniors, um, you know, and and missing mm-hmm. out on some of those things. But but I, I what it has been cool for me also outside of like the official like school board things going on, I've seen a lot of like like sort of little pop-up celebrations and like drive-through celebrations of like the seniors right. and, and like some of the lower levels too. Like, you know, we forget that sometimes like kids going from elementary school to, to middle school is a big deal for them, you know, and sort of switching from school they've always been into something new. And, and it's just been pretty cool to see the students and the teachers, the administrators, the parents, everybody sort of banding together to try to bolster, you know, without being able to do the big things that we normally do, be able to bolster and still have right. some of those celebrations. So that's pretty neat. Um, and there, there's been a, been a lot of challenges. Uh, for instance, PE teachers uh, through uh, Facebook, social media, um, reaching out and keeping the uh, the uh, their elementary students active during all this period, and uh, uh, you know, doing videos and so forth. It, I mean, it they the teachers just went above and beyond to keep the students involved. It was amazing. Yeah, it's very neat to see. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit again to uh, another thing that, that people have a wide range of opinions on, uh, charter schools. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just uh, curious, uh, you know, from from your perspective, uh, how do you view charter schools? Some people say they aren't technically part of the county school system. Other people say that they are. And I'm curious to know your thoughts in general on how do, in your mind, do charter schools fit into the greater you know, school district in Clay County? Well, I'll tell you what um, – I heard uh, one of the board members one time say that charter schools weren't uh, our schools or public schools, but the law says charter schools are public schools. Uh, now, we don't do not have direct government governance over the charter schools. They select their principal, they hire their teachers. Uh, you know, it's 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 run almost like a, a private school under our umbrella, but we have uh, two brick-and-mortar charter schools here, and they are both A-ranked and uh, seem to, as far as I know, are doing okay. Um, I have toured both of them at, at their request, and uh, I was uh, quite impressed at how it went. Here's the thing. With parents, parents know their children better than anybody in the world. If parents think that their child uh, needs or would do better at a charter school or even a private school, that's the parent's choice. Uh, So uh, the law and the uh, legislators in Tallahassee uh, certainly are very supportive of charter schools, and um, I have no problem. We kind of uh, coexist. Uh, we're not really, you know, in the weeds with them as far as what they do in their day to day, and um, I'm I don't know the principals or uh, the teachers, but.
but uh, that that's up to them to hire them. But uh, you know, it's it's kind of like live and let live. Uh, we uh, have really good uh, uh, what I'll call the regular public schools, and uh, we have two brick and mortar uh, charters, and I think there's one virtual charter. But uh, uh, I think we can all coexist, and everything is fine. Yeah, I think you know, for even for some of the staunch detractors of. Um, charter schools, I think the the ones that we have here in the county and sort of the mix and the way that they came about, I think it's probably sort of a best case scenario for charter schools, right? We've got two. They seem like they're doing a really good job. We don't have a ton of, at least I haven't yeah, seen. The one, yeah, the one that we had, a third one, uh, did not do a good job, and, uh, and it was closed by the state. Uh, in their application, the, the school board uh, did not, uh, and staff uh, did not approve the application, but they went to the state and were approved. But then, you know, a couple, three years later, it was closed by the state. So uh, things take things take care of themselves if we're just patient. Um, yep. But I think the one thing that, that I do want, though, is for uh, our schools within the public schools, what I'll call our regular public schools, uh, I just want our regular public schools and the charter schools to be treated equally. Right. Um, you know, no favoritism to one over the other. Just put us all and on the same playing field and treat us equally. That seems the fair thing to do. Yeah, I think at the state and in the the federal levels, you could argue that the charter school systems Certainly. that exist right now, you know, they're not perfect. Right. But, but I, I kind of view charter schools as uh, an outcry from people saying, Hey, I don't see a good fit for my kid in uh, yeah. you know, the schools that exist, you know, it's sort of one of those things where a little bit, a little bit of free market sort of mixed with, with government schools and, and it's not perfect, but you know, sort of is what it is, but it's good to hear you say that uh, you know, you're not dismissive of them. You, you view them in the correct light, according to the law, they, they fit in and, in a very specific way to the public school system. And, and that's, that's how you're, you're viewing it. Uh, if I'm paraphrasing you correctly. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just want everyone to, um, uh, be treated equally and fairly. That's all I ask. Yeah. And I, you know, that's, I think that's a reasonable thing to ask, right? Like in, 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 you know, favoritism breeds, you know, uh, resentment and resentment, you know, a really good thing, right? Yeah, and and you know we've heard some resentment right. <laughs> in the past about yeah. few people. Well, I think you know part of that is 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 emotion. You know, you're dealing with kids and, and educating kids and taking care of people's kids. And right. I think people, people, you know, they have their emotion emotions attached, and I think you know that that's going to happen. Sometimes, sometimes people let their emotions get the best of them. I've been, you know, I've had moments like that too. Um, so another controversial thing that has come up, and this is actually something that I've heard people talk about in reference to, to you being on the school board is term limits for, for different, uh, offices and not just school board, but you're sort of, you're, I think you're one of, if the, if not the longest, uh, tenured local, you know, elected officials, um, so, you know, inevitably your name comes up whether they think you're doing a good job or not a good job. Where do you stand yeah. on term limits? Some people say, yes, we got to have them. Other people say, no, vote them out. Where, where do you fall on term limits? Well, <laughs> one thing that I would like to say is not how long, but how well I have served. I feel like I have term limits 
every four years when I run for re-election, um, if the uh, voters think I'm not doing a good job, they have an option to <clears throat> vote for someone else. Uh, but I, I, I am not uh, for term limits in the fact that if, I mean, I don't know if you're talking about two terms, two terms or three terms or whatever, but um, people, the people who are pro-term limits, they're saying, well, you need new blood in there. You need new blood in there. Um, and and I get it. But let me tell you, <clears throat> when you've got uh, so much to learn on the school board, um, you want to have some on the board that have some history and experience. I still have people come to me and say, you know, back when you were building Tynes Elementary, what happened, you know, I, I, uh, you've got someone with some history and knowledge of uh, when we were moving gopher tortoises to build Tynes, uh, uh, you know, different things that come up. I, I do feel that it's an advantage to have someone there that maybe has gone through uh, a problem that we're facing today may be in something that we've gone through 15 years ago, uh, but um, I'm not really for term limits per se. I feel like that can be enacted every four years at the ballot box. Sure. And and I think, you know, I can see both sides of the argument, right? I, I can see. Yeah. Some, There's always two sides. Yeah. And, and for me personally, like what I'm part of the reason I started this whole podcast is to uh, give people a chance to. Is that my phone? No, it was my husband's cell phone. I'm oh, sorry. No worries. No worries. No worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No He's walking outside now. Yeah, no worries. Um, what I'm trying to do with the podcast is to, uh, you know, let people hear from the candidates so that it, what, what we have is elections where people, you don't have a whole swath of people just voting on name recognition, right? And I'm not saying that that's why you've, you know, been elected or in, you know, in the school board. Wait, but, would you repeat that again? It didn't come through clearly. Yeah, no worries. One of the, th- one of the things I'm trying to do with the podcast is to, um, give people a chance to hear from candidates that are running so that yeah. people have the chance to make an informed decision. Because one of the things you always hear people say is that, well, people just vote on name recognition, right? And then once you're in people, they don't do their due diligence and they don't look up anything and they just vote for whoever they've heard of. And I'm, you know, again, that's not directed at you in particular. I've had term limit conversations with all sorts of people running for Congress and all sorts of different Definitely. offices. But, but what I want to do is give people a chance to hear from, you know, the human beings that are running for office to say, all right, here's where they fall on X, Y, and Z issues and be able to compare mm-hmm. the candidates and say, you know, you know, there are going to be people who weigh your experience more heavily than a position maybe that they, they like that a different candidate holds, right? Like we know that Carol Sutter has been doing this job and doing it well for a long time. Yeah, this other guy's got good ideas, but we don't know if they can do the job, right? And then there's going to be people who be people who have the opposite opinion. There's going to be people who say, "Yeah, you know, we want to try something new, something different." And and I I understand both perspectives, but um, yeah. And let me let me tell you, Josh, uh, with uh, a new superintendent, uh, whether it be uh, I think there's three left in the race now for superintendent, but you know even. Uh, we're going to have a superintendent learning the job uh, still. Um, we lost six of our senior staff. Uh, granted, uh, Mr. Davis had brought a lot of them in with him when he came to Clay County, but they've gone to Southwest Florida now. 
we've got uh, shifting around, and uh, Mr. Broski has moved people into these senior spaces. Everybody is is jumped in, eager, ready to do their job. We need to keep some stability right now of all times uh, to keep moving us in an upward uh, direction. And, you know, it's just like in other offices like uh, supervisor of elections or tax collector or clerk. Uh, when people get elected to those offices and they're doing a good job, uh, if you'll look over the history of Clay County, they tend to stay in that job for many years right. till they decide to retire or not run again. But um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I've, I've been involved with the school system since 79 when I moved here with my family. Uh, I don't think, I think that the voters should go investigate, find out uh, how many board meetings have these board members been to? Have they been active? Uh, have they taken part? Uh, have they been uh, uh, leadership, exhibited leadership, been out in the community? Uh, you know, I, I try to live by the golden rule and um, uh, treat people the way I would like to be treated. It's hard sometimes, but we have to um, uh, keep our focus on the students and uh, just uh, do the best we can each and every day. Yep, yep. That's all. You know, that's that's a that's the way I look at it, right? You know, try your best. Try to do what you think is right. You know, and I, and I think you do your I, best. That's yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think everyone I've talked to so far in this series of interviews that I'm doing for the podcast, they all seem to to they have different opinions on a lot of things, but they all seem to have, be very earnest and sincere in their thoughts that like X, Y, and Z are the right thing. And that's why I want to do it. Right. And I get that same impression from you. Um, and that's good, right? That's, uh, you know, that's all you can ask sometimes. Like, you know, it, 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 what you don't want is somebody who's doing it for the wrong reasons. And, and, and I, you know, I, I've yet to meet a person, uh, at least in the series of interviews that I think is, is doing that. So the last sort of topical thing I wanted to ask you about was appointed versus elected superintendents, right? Uh, this okay. has been a, okay. been a bit of a hot, bush, hot button issue, and I know that, again, lots of opinions, right? Where do you stand on that uh, that particular topic? Well, as you said a while ago on another subject, there's two sides to the story. Um, the main thing is uh, here in Clay County is it's not decided by the school board. This would go. This is decided by the voters in Clay County. Uh, it has been a referendum, I think, twice already, or maybe three times. It's been a it's been a while, and the voters uh, overwhelmingly wanted to maintain electing a superintendent. Uh, when the voters vote, we live with that. One thing I have found out going to Florida School Board Association conferences uh, every June and December uh, since '92, um, um, most of the uh, more urban counties have appointed superintendents, i.e., I'm talking about someone who is hired to the position by the board. Uh, most of your more rural counties have an elected superintendent, uh, as we do. Um, I don't know as Clay County grows and we get more urban if it will change because we're not that small, sleepy district. Uh, 
Uh, in 92, when I got on the board, we had 18 schools. Now we've more than doubled the number of schools and more than doubled the student population. Uh, so I don't know what the future will bring. Um, I can live with either uh, elected or appointed. I do think you get uh, a, a chance to have a uh, well-qualified, uh, educated person uh, uh, hired because uh, you normally do searches all over the country uh, for people interviewing. But um, but an appointed superintendent is what the citizens want right now, and uh, that has elected. Excuse me, elected superintendent is what they have now, and uh, we will do with that until. Uh, some point in the future, it may change. That's something that I don't, I don't know. That I don't have a crystal ball. Sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, I didn't mean necessarily like what do you think the voters are going to vote, but it, it sounds like I don't know. My thoughts on it are, uh, you know, if I had to pick one, I'd go with elected. But like, if something happened and it changed, you know, I don't know that yeah. it's the end of the world, right? Like, I could, you know, it's to yeah. me, it's not a deal breaker issue. Um, so, you know, no, it'll be interesting. To I see. think we'll survive. The main yeah. thing is the person in the office. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I understand the competitive advantage of an appointed superintendent, you know, you're, you're, you're able to sort of call the population of people that could, that could possibly get the job. Right. Whereas superintendent, like literally, yeah. you know, if, if I were to run and, and run a good campaign and people voted for me, I've never run a school board before, never been on a school board, never taught in a classroom. Uh, and none of those are necessarily bad things, but all of a sudden I'm superintendent, right? Like, you know, uh, it's just, yeah. you know, that's, and that's sort of what people say, like, you know, we're running the risk of, of whoever, whoever runs and whoever people vote for. Um, all right. So Thank last you. thing for you today, um, okay. o- open mic for you uh, to give a pitch to the people of Clay County, why they should reelect Carol Studdard to the school board. Oh boy, that's a hard one. You feel like you're having to brag on yourself and I don't like that, but, um, the reason that I uh, would hope that the voters would support me is that uh, I have shown commitment, have shown leadership, I have shown um, support for our students, our teachers, and our support staff. Um, I've been very active in this community over the 41 years that we have lived here through uh you know, as I said before, mentoring for 28 years, the Y Board, Quigley Board, uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, president of the Rotary Club. Uh, I'm very, my husband and I and uh, go uh, attend and are members at the uh, Orange Park United Methodist. We're very active members, and uh, I do miss um, being able to go in person. Hopefully, we'll get to do that soon. But uh, I feel like Orange Park is my home and my community and uh, uh, I really uh, want to continue serving uh, for these next four years, and uh, I do hope that I've earned the trust of the people to allow me to serve, because um, there is no substitute for experience, and I think right now we still need some experience uh, on the school board, and I appreciate anyone, uh, if they would like to ask questions, to uh call or or email me and I will be happy to talk to them and I appreciate everyone's consideration in the voting books.
Awesome. Well, again, you know, Mrs. Studdard, I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I wish you best of luck in the election. Well, thank you so much.